in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? Weird Starkus continues to tweet. Now he's giving me those bicep arms. You got to be strong. Pipe down. Pump the brakes, Starkus. Oh, the disaster. What a disaster. You know what's not a disaster? I want to ask you about this. This is interesting. Talk about trying to be ahead of the game here. You know the whole uh, name, image, likeness in each state is kind of yes. deciding because they're like, uh, you know, the hell with the NSA at the Supreme Court. We're just going to decide we're doing whatever the hell we want. University of Illinois Athletics will host an open house event for local businesses Tuesday at 6 to provide info and answer questions regarding NIL, which is set to take effect Thursday. AD Josh Whitman and uh, men's basketball coach Brad Underwood will be among the speakers. Like, I love this. I love this. Like, you know what? We're doing it. Our kids are going to make money. And we're not only doing it. The guy from Pepsi, the guy from the dry cleaners, the guy from the uh, deli, you're all coming in, and we're going to tell you how you can sponsor our kids. There's going be to be ahead of the game. Oh my God! If oh. I, I mean not to not to put any ideas in her head, but if if uh, <laughs> if DRF wants to like get our integrated marketing department at UNLV, I say R because I'm a, obviously you an, alum. an alum. You are an alum. Um, Man, just start like pairing them up where like you guys are going to this department is going to be in charge of getting our athletes some sponsorship deals. Yeah. Like such a good idea. I think this is and I hope I got to believe. I mean, because obviously all college athletics knows what everyone's doing. I hope schools see this and just everyone follow the lead here of Illinois and just have these open houses and invite everyone away and who wants to give kids money and just wants to sponsor kids. This would be, I mean, it would be great. I, they are way ahead of the curve here. Kids could actually have personalities. Yeah. Like, like you could actually be like, hey, this guy's actually really funny. So if you want him to be in your car commercial, it would. you'd probably want to go with kind of a jokey theme. And this guy's really stoic. You want to go with like. I'm trying like, to think DRF. There'd be a lot of places in uh, uh, Vegas for her to uh, bring into an open house. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, I genuinely think that this, this, this could be a cool move for her, especially if she like go like one ups Illinois on like what they're going to do and actually have like the athletes here and be like, we want you to meet them. We want you to like yeah. interact with them. This is day. This is this. He's Brumfield. This is Justin Rogers. Like I I'm excited for this type of stuff, especially considering the college athlete in the last 20 years has turned into, well, we went out there and we did our best and we tried to play the game. Like, who was Frank Kaminsky was probably the last yes. one that I recall yes. that actually was like, oh, he's fun. Yeah, he exactly. He says things. Exactly. Uh, do you believe if I, nah, you know, not sponsors, maybe I'll hit them up for some uh, cash for this station, but it's, I won't name the exact name, but we have the, like most people do, the local sushi place. Yeah. All you can eat. I know he's gone now, but do you think right now... Uh, our sushi quarterback, maybe I bring the sushi people over to the open house and he goes in there and he gets one of the current players say, hey, this is what you can do here. We'll bring a bunch of models oh my, in here no, and eat sushi no, off no. and you can what sponsor you, this kid. What you do is you have Max as the sushi model and you have the current players be like, Max, this is getting weird, man. 
Mac, but you could get all you could eat sushi at the locals. Yeah, at the local sushi. Hey, Brumfield, uh, you know, it worked out for Max. Uh, you like sushi? All right. That's a great, great question. You excited? All-Star Games coming. NHL All-Star Games coming at T-Mobile Arena, the headliner of uh, All-Star Weekend. Uh, Golden Knights will host as well. 2021-2022 seasons next season. Uh, date and weekend to be determined. But uh, just yet another thing, the Pro Bowl, the NHL All-Star Game, uh, we, we we don't stop hosting these things. Awesome. I'm 100% in favor of every All-Star Game ever being in Las Vegas. I want, I want tourist dollars, and I also love skill competitions. And I, I think the NHL probably, at least to me, the NBA All-Star Game is ridiculous and kind of stupid sometimes where they're just like, I want to see if I can make 900 half-point shots right. or something right. like that. They but, want to get it to like 265 to 264, yeah. and they don't care. I think the three-on-three is fun. Oh, the the speed do. skating is fun. Like I just want to be put on in, a fun All-Star. I want to be in T-Mobile Arena when Connor McDavid wins like his 14th straight, even though he's only been in the league like the, less than half that time. Uh, his speed skating <laughs> championship at the All-Star Game. I think that's hilarious when he, they do those uh, pregame things. It's pretty cool, like the fastest shot and the yeah. uh, um, Connor McDavid like in a whiz around the around the ice and how fast he can go. And um, I wonder if they'll incorporate Vegas into this all like outside T-Mobile Arena. Like, are there things they could do? I'm sure they'll have players in the community. I mean, I think they do that no matter where they go. But some of their skills, Vegas is such a unique town. It would be cool, like, I don't know if they're like, on the roller coaster shooting at people in terms of the uh, <laughs> you pucks. Just, you just went all different you know, No, I'm talking about pucks. I'm talking about pucks. You know, I mean, Austin Matthews, like, yeah, give me a slap shot down there. I mean, is there things they can do in Vegas where they haven't done other places? I mean, it is Vegas. I mean, we could shut down. We could shut down an intersection. Put down some ice. <laughs> yeah, have them skating on the nine. Well, the uh, backup on the I ninety five. What a shock! That never happens. Next question. Okay, so once again, something big might be coming. Uh, there are reports this week the NFL is going to start accepting bids from other cities besides Indianapolis to host the scouting combine starting in twenty twenty three. Combine remains in Indy for twenty twenty two. After that, it's up for grabs uh, a la the draft. Uh, like. I get post-pandemic, everyone's trying to do things to whatever they can do to get money. Again, I don't know what Indianapolis pays for this thing. I'm sure there was a long-term deal. So maybe like, oh, we're going to bid it out and see what Vegas, you know, they're crazy. They want everything. Maybe Vegas will bid for it. I also saw a lot of NFL writers saying you shouldn't take it from Indy. Like, this is their thing. It's always been their thing. It's wrong to take it from them. I don't know if the league thinks in those terms if they can make money on people. I mean, there's also never a good like the the argument tradition for tradition's sake is almost never a good argument. Like it's never a sound argument. What I will say, the great thing about Indy and especially that location, all the hotels are within walking distance. All of the restaurants are within walking distance. Right. Like it is. All the times I have been to Indianapolis, whether it be for the scouting oh. combine or for different events or conventions, it's like. You just literally leave your hotel. You go yep. to Lucas go, Oil. Yeah, you go to Lucas Oil, yep. and then you go to either the Hooters or the Steak and Shake, and you. I mean, those those are the only two I remember, but they're on no, a corner. Steak and Shake, right they're there. They're on the oh, corner, yeah. right next on the corner. to each other. Steak and Shake's right on the corner. Yeah, and you just that's where you go, and then you go back to your hotel, then you like type up your notes. That's that's the entirety. Like it's that's such, why it's so convenient. I told you this before. If you if you uh, had every college basketball writer in the country vote, and you'd say okay. 
where do you want the final four of the year? It would be Indy 1, San, San Antonio 2. Indy 1 would be the exact reason you're saying. You literally walk five feet for everything in Indy. Um, yeah, and if you walk Lucas, ten so, feet in the wrong direction, yeah. you wind up at a White Castle that yes, just got you robbed. you still get the White Castle. But, I mean, you li- literally walk five feet. So, I look, I'm not going to sit here and say, no, Vegas, don't bid on it. Look, if it's a bidding process, bid for the thing. Whatever you want to do, you take it. But I did kind of side maybe with some of the writers like, ah, this is kind of indie. It's almost like you're going to move the College World Series, softball World Series out of it. You know, you move the College Baseball. No, you're not. I mean, you're going to kind of stay where they are because there's so much history and tradition. Again, I know it's not the same. Combine, you know, you're, you're pretty much in there with scouts and coaches watching guys run and, you know, do drills. So it's not like it's a College World Series. You can go and there's thousands of fans watching, you know, these in high intense games. But kind of went on that side, which absolutely means it'll probably come to Vegas and we'll be hosting oh, that and too. I, I mean, I am more than happy to take it, like I said, yeah. but at the same time, it is one of the few times, like, it's one of the few events that I've been to and I've, like, worked and I'm like, it's so, it's so set up for this. Like, oh, absolutely. It's, no, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect location, a perfect place to do it. Put it this way. You bring it here, so I assume it's at Allegiant. Okay, you still have to transport people there. There's no transportation in Indy. Like you said, it's five feet from everybody. So you're adding another level. Again, I don't know if the league cares about that because if Vegas outbids everyone, they're going to go where you know it's outbid and the money. And it's post-pandemic. Everyone's doing things post-pandemic to make up for loss of revenue. Uh, so we'll see where this one goes. I don't care about him. Next question. Dateline Dallas, the proposal for a 12-team college football playoff cleared another hurdle this week when 11 presidents and chancellors who have the ultimate authority over the format authorized 10 FBS commissioners to begin a summer review phase to determine the feasibility of the expanded field and work on details of how and and when it might be implemented. Do you really need a summer authority and and a bunch of commissioners sitting around? The, The proposal is what it is to go to 12. I don't know what, how long do you need to think about this? I mean, I, I get it. I, I get it's red tape and college football and, and student athletes and schools. I get all that. But there's it's just such a long process to where we I'll say this again. If the TVs want it, it should be voted on and passed because that's what the TVs are going to get. If TV wants 12, they're getting 12. I mean, it also even if you're a small like if you're a group of five or even even smaller, you should be you should want it just so that you could be like, hey, we got an undefeated team. And so that the guy on ESPN go can go, you know who's a dark horse to make the number twelve spot in the bowling green or something like that. <laughs> like I, I'm just trying to think of somewhere it'd be like, wow, we're getting talked about on like main sports center. Why? Yeah. Why? Like, there's no, you're never gonna get a an assured spot out of the what the Mac. No, you're you, you just say yes. Just take the money. Mississippi State President and Board of Managers. Okay. Uh, Mark Keenum, uh, if we decide to make this change, when would we do it? How would it work for us? When would it be feasible? We don't know the answers. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. It is feasible. So I don't know when you're going to do this. But if your question is, is it feasible going from 4 to 12, yes, it's feasible. And you're going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars more. So you, just, yes. you literally just call up a bunch of bowls and go, hey, would you guys like to make your bowl more important? We would like to make it the nine, the, the eight, you know, we, we'd like to make it a, a a play-in game. Is that cool? Oh, it is? All right. Your ratings just went up. Next question. How about this? What a shock. You know, there is room in Henderson for everything. So the Big West is going to play its conference basketball tournament in Henderson at the Silver Knights Arena. You surprised? 
Marchy, 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 Deborah March, she's bringing everything in. Maybe she'll bring the combine in down to Green Valley High or something like that. I, How I, about that? She put in a bid to host a combine since we got this great high school. We got the McDonald's. I, I don't. I haven't been to Green. I, well, no, I haven't been to. I used to go to Green Valley High every summer when I was working in California and working here for the uh, you know the summer basketball tournaments. That was one of the big gyms you would go to. I actually saw this will this will not surprise you, but I did see Dwight Howard playing for the Atlanta Celtics at Green Valley High. And he, of course, he was like LeBron, where it's like, you walked in like, that guy's like 40 and these kids are like six. And he was dunking on a bunch of like five foot 10 guys. But sitting in the stands, two rows ahead of me was Danny Ainge, because every pro GM was in that gym thinking, this dude ain't going to college. And it was hilarious. I always remember Green Valley uh, uh, for this way. And you can text in or, you know, tweet at Ed Graney um, just to let me know if I'm right or not. I thought Green Valley was great because I saw Dwight Howard dunk on five foot ten guys, and I think it's right next to a Dairy Queen. <laughs> so if so, I don't know if it's still there. It's either McDonald's or Dairy Queen. You can tweet at me because I, I'm not sure. But I thought that's kind of cool for kids, and that's why I've always like Greenspan at home. You know, the wife, she's always trying to come up with huge ideas. You know, yogurt place, whatever. And I said, look, if we're ever going to do that, which you know, time is passing, with the franchise, with the in and out or whatever, you just get close to a school. Like, I, I was at Green Valley, and I don't know if it was a McDonald's or a uh, Dairy Queen, but I kept thinking to myself, man, they must make a fortune. Kids at lunch? Okay, maybe, but I will say, well, we'll talk off the air. I have a uh, franchise that needs to come to Vegas from the Midwest that, trust me, trust me, if you want to get in on the ground floor, now's the time. All right, you're, gonna, gonna you, you're not going to put it out there. No, no, I don't want anyone else taking it. Hmm? What are you, crazy? I want somebody to tweet me. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see if I'm right about that. I know there was a McDonald's, but uh, it was Green Valley High, and I'm like, the, all I could think of, I didn't even think of Dwight Howard. I was supposed to write about him, and all I could think is, how much money are those people making? Kids at lunch must just there must be huge lines over there, right? Don't kids get, a, don't seniors or whatever get to go off campus for lunch anymore? Is that so, a new, an well, old thing? I, I don't, I don't know about here, but I know uh, where I had off campus. Uh, off-campus lunch it was either a shell station or a uh a liquor store so uh my neighborhood was definitely yeah rocking that uh that off-campus lunch all right uh john denton on twitter i appreciate you and willie pops ramirez both have checked in with uh it's a dairy queen almost adjacent to the park hey, how many blizzards are these people selling if that's if you want a franchise go buy that dairy queen at Green Valley High, can you imagine the lines of these kids uh, if they can go off? And Willie's saying we it's right on campus. From two Dairy Queen commercials. Oh, John! Oh, I'm getting another tweet. Kids can't leave campus for lunch. What the hell happened to that? I'm a senior with my own car. I can't get my blizzard. I mean, now I now I'm, I'm backtracking. The only reason I'm opening that place is if kids can come no, over at lunch. About, no, after school, uh, post school, no, post practice. The, 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 the like between two o'clock and like four o'clock. I can't imagine these that fast food places. I haven't worked fast food in like twenty something years, but I have to imagine that's like the sweet spot of. Well, we weren't going to be busy anyway. Whoa! Oh, the line after practice. Summer football. You can get a Dairy Queen. Get a nice cone dipped. What a what what a move by that person who opened that place up. All right, when we come back, Derek Carr wants a certain receiver, and he's not listing Henry Ruggs number one. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. (laughs) This Green Valley thing is going crazy. (laughs) Uh, 
Chris Chapman and Magnum, when I was still in college, I was a substitute teacher. I used to purposely take jobs at Green Valley for the Dairy Queen. That's how Chapman's making decisions on which kids to teach? What a disaster. I mean, it's not the worst reason I've heard someone become a substitute <laughs> that's true, teacher. That's true. Dairy Queen would not be the worst reason to become a, uh, I had a, a substitute teacher. I had a friend get his associate's degree um, under federal uh, guidance, if well, I'll try to put, <laughs> put it politely, and literally the only thing he was The federal government paid for this? Um, no, I think he technically paid for it, but he was uh, he was under their care at Okay, the time. he was under their care of the federal government. Yeah, but he got his associate's degree when he got out. Uh, well, I just gave it away. Yeah. Um, the only thing he was qualified for was to substitute teach. And I was like, this seems like a really bad way to run a Look, I'm not taking a shot at Chapman. If you got, if it, if all things no. are equal, if Dairy Queen is well, a much right. better reason. Yes. I mean, if everything's equal, when you're like, yeah, I'm choosing between School A, B, and C, but School B has the Dairy Queen, then choose School B. Boy, how much how much uh, publicity have we got in that that place? They're going to get going to be calling in, thinking, hey, free blizzards, Jared and I. Uh, Derek Carr is uh, going to recruit, do some recruiting in the offseason. This was interesting. Interviewed, which I don't know if this was at a golf tournament. He was at, he was de- he was definitely at some event because there were one of those sponsor uh, banners behind him, and he was being interviewed, I think, by a newscaster, I'm pretty sure, from Fresno. Obviously, he went to Fresno State. He's got a lot of ties there. This is Derek Carr uh, when uh, inquired about Devontae Adams, his former college, uh, his college teammate. There was some uh, rumors swirling around that, you know, your former teammate, maybe Devontae Adams, would be a Raider. What is just your thoughts on those rumors? Do you think that's a possibility in the future? You know, I, I've learned in this in this business, you never shut a door on anything. You know, I know that he's uh, obviously the best receiver. You know, everyone said one of the best. He's the best receiver, you know, in the NFL. You know, the guy is unbelievable. Uh, he's, you know, been one of my best friends, you know, since we were in college together. I love the guy. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a good golfer. Too, he's, he's a pretty good golfer, so he's he's getting good at golf. But uh, I would I, I would always welcome to play with him again. I think uh, I think it would unlock some things in both of us that people haven't seen yet, you know. And uh, and I, I'm always open to that, and I, I will be recruiting very hard. So when that time comes, uh, it will be a full court press. Uh, I guess he threw out golf because there's probably more courses here than in. Uh... In, uh, I, I'm Bay. fairly certain he was at a golf tournament yeah. because the follow-up question that I cut out was, you know who's a good golfer? Yeah, the, the quarterback at Fresno State right yeah, now. And so then I, Carr I, goes, uh, we, he, you know, we brought him down to the barn in uh, Bakersfield. I guess like you know the cars have some workout place that, that appeared to be the barn because they had a clip of this kid talking to Derek and there was nothing but weights around. I think that's what it was, or video games. I don't know what it was. Devontae Adams is a UFA after this year. Did you at any point not... My guess is no, because it would have been blown up across the internet uh, in two seconds. But I'm like, be, I guess players can say whatever they want, and, and management can't. Like, I thought, is that like anywhere tampering? <laughs> like, or can you say whatever you want about other guys? I guess, I guess players can just say whatever they want, and it really doesn't matter. But if a management person said that, it's like, oh, hold on, you can't well, talk about our guy. I mean, let's if we parse his words, doesn't he just say that I that um, you know I'll. I want to play with him. Full court press recruiting. Yeah, full pr- court press recruiting. But he didn't say where. He didn't say with the Raiders. So maybe. Well, he's... yeah, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> whoever he's traded for, maybe he's going to full court press over at the other team. Uh, I look. I don't. He's a great receiver. Um, I don't think anyone on the Raiders should feel bad that he says he's the best receiver in football. I don't think anyone's going to argue that you know the Raiders have a better receiver on their roster right now than Devontae Adams, so that's not going to happen. Uh, so I don't think he meant anything personally there. It's like, no, this guy's like one of the best receivers in football. He says the best. I think that's you know 
it's debatable. You can have three or three other guys out there who might debate that it's, fact. I mean, it's also it's also the what the bro code where you're like, oh yeah, behind, this guy behind the or like yeah. to other people, best guy, best guy yeah. in the world to his face, dude, you suck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, Henry, you're not that fast. Other Raider note, I want to talk to you about this uh, CBS Sportsline. This is uh, this was interesting. Um, they ranked the 32 coaches in the league going into the season. Give me a guess if you haven't already looked on the rundown. <laughs> Of where, of where John Gruden ranked uh, the coaches in the league. All right, is let me let me ask for a few more details. Is this as far as play calling is concerned, or is this just general coaching, like like uh-huh. just general coach aptitude? See, now you're gonna have to make me do okay, research. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, I, sorry. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hold okay. On. Uh, let's see. Uh, coaches were ranked with past performance and future outlook in mind. So this isn't a legends list, rewarding solely on the, what you've done, uh, but it's also not ignorant of resumes. No matter how promising uh, someone might be in Atlanta, we can't quite take him over someone else in another city. Okay, okay so, so, so he's easily a top 10 coach then to me. They put him at 20. Okay. They put him at 20. You want to re- hear the reason? Yeah, go for it. We're approaching the midway mark of Gruden's 10-year contract, and the Las Vegas might be closer to a total rebuild than a true playoff run. That's more so because of Gruden's personnel decisions, but it's all part of the same package. Offensively, he's still very capable of scheming up victories. In another city with less roster control, he might be in the postseason, but that's not reality. I don't know if we can argue with any of that. No, because that's, what have we I, okay. said about his personnel decisions? Okay, had you said GM, I may have put him <laughs> in the 30s. But no, I thought we were talking purely on X's and O's because he'll, again, I love I like I love the way John Gruden's like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna run you know, we're gonna run these this simple play construct, but we're also gonna add these three option routes for the tight end and we're gonna do this, this, and this with our, our uh, blocking scheme and this guy has an option. It's his 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 play design and his play calling is awesome. It's his yeah, I don't I don't want him in charge of personnel. I don't want him in charge of personnel there. Uh you well, you're gonna. You might get this, and I think you'll uh, very much agree. Who did they rank first as the best coach in the NFL? I mean, it's gonna be either to me, it'd either be Andy Reid or it would be Bill Belichick. They gave it to Reid. Yeah, they gave it to Reid. Belichick two, John Harbaugh three. Yes, no, and that's uh, something that I will never like. That that I don't. I guess the question is, can he win it all? People don't talk enough about the fact, though, that because he was a special teams coach. He lets his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator do their yeah. jobs, and all he does is he goes, "I'm going to go get uh, raked by the media, right? Like the media is about to throw me on the coals. You guys just keep doing your job." Like he actually treats it like a management position, and I'm like, "How has no one else unlocked this freaking code?" Uh, running at the top five, Sean Payton four, mm. Sean McDermott five. I'm more upset with, and I know the guys behind him are also, there's a lot of first-year coaches. I'm more upset with just because uh, I'm not a huge fan is that they had uh, Urban Meyer at um, 28 ahead of uh, Robert Saleh, uh, Zach Taylor, um, Dan Campbell. Well, Dan Campbell, all you had to do was watch the opening press conference. That kid was going to, I don't know. I, I, you know who I, I feel I really bad for is David Cully, who they ranked behind Dan Campbell. Hold on. I will say, though, and uh, we obviously need to get to David Shane here in about uh, two minutes, but <laughs> I will say, if you look at Dan Campbell's hires, he's kind of on that Harbaugh or Arians kick where he's like, 
oh, I hired the most qualified people for their positions that no one else would give a job to for some weird reason. Like, if Dan Campbell hadn't said, I want a lion on a chain. Right. And you had just gone, who who did he hire as his special teams coach? Who did he hire as his defensive coordinator? You'd go, this dude might have something here. I hope he does because I want to see more press conferences with the guy. Like, I don't want the guy to be 0-17. It's like we may never see the guy again. Like, just on the one press conference, I'm like, I hope this guy, like, wins all the time because he's completely out of his mind. Like, people were genuinely shocked at his hires. Like, they were like, that's a really competent guy. Maybe he's not the nut job we think he is, even though we'd like that as the media. When we come back, the one and only Dave Shane. And the left wing, Andre Pallott. Across the blue line, left circle in front. Turnick! Score! Turnick! What a tip! one the Lightning with 13.41 left in the first. Ruda. Beats Coleman to center ice off his skate. That'll slip for Goodrow. Across the Montreal line, high slot. Shoots, block, rebound. Coleman, score! Blake Coleman! And it's 2 nothing Lightning with 14-13 left in the second. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. That kid, that kid better have a sweep or he won't be able to talk by game six. Can you imagine <laughs> that kid on game six? Jesus. Lightning better sweep. This guy knows all about it. Follow him on Twitter at David Shane LVRJ is your beat writer for the Vegas Golden Knights, Dave Shane. Before we get to any hockey, I got the text last night. I'm very excited. I, I, can I read this text? We're looking for people in our Dynasty Fantasy Football League, right, to fill it out. And uh, Mark Drummond, who runs this league, I think he runs the league. Well, he better because I, I, I just like draft every year. We're not sure of the teams. And he goes, oh, we already got a team. Dave Shane's leading it. So then I write back. I'm like, my, my friend Dave Shane from the LVRJ, I had no idea. He goes, yeah, he's in there. Like, I'm very excited. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to co-own with, with my buddy. And, and so, wait, I have something before, just, can I veer this completely off the, off the road here? I, this I was entire show's off the guys. road. <laughs> we, we don't have Tyler. You can do whatever you, you want. Whatever the hell you want. <laughs> this is America. Well, okay, so, so this is actually about Jared, and I hope, I hope this is taken as a compliment, Jared. Like, I always thought you were the guy, like, back there just kind of punching buttons and, you know, you, like, chime in every now and then. You're, like, back there, like, breaking down. But you're, like, some football savant. Like, how the heck did that happen? You're talking about, like, route trees and blocking schemes. Like, wh- what's going on yeah. here? How, how, is this, how is this happening? Uh, I, my background before I did any sort of broadcast journalism was scouting. For football, so that's okay. sort of that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's communicating. Not my strong suit, but yeah. If you need me to break down film, I'm I'm your boy. He's the uh, he's the resident football expert. I mean, talking, I love it. I mean, off the grid, the entire show is <laughs> off the rails every day. Uh, interesting. Just uh, retweeted your story uh, before we get to what happened to the Golden Knights. But today, Mark Andre Fleury finds out if he is the Vesna Trophy winner. Two questions. Uh, one, do you think he wins? And two, do you know in the history of any Vesna tr- uh, trophy winner that has been traded? Oh, I have to look up the second answer or the second question. I don't know. Uh, probably has happened. Okay. Uh, I think he, and to the to the first question, I think he's got a really good chance. Yeah. Uh, we we as the writers do not vote on that particular award. That is something that's voted on by the general managers. So it's a little harder to kind of get a read for how they do things. They tend to be very statistically based uh, in whom they vote for. Uh, but obviously, Mark Andre Fleury, and there's some sentiment, sentimental, I think, feelings and, and vote that might come into play with all this as well. So yeah. it'll be interesting. And, and to your point, to circle back about the trade, I mean, 
what would that do to his trade value as a Vezina Trophy winner? You know, if in fact he goes on the trade market, if you're a GM, do you want, you know, if you're trying to acquire him, are you going to vote for him and have to pay a little more for right. a Vezina Trophy winner? I don't know. That's a great point. I didn't think of that. I mean, I thought, you know, I mean, it's $7 million. We want to go into this with you because we don't know anything. So, we, you know, we, I did think DeBoer, reading through the lines, does not think or believe or whatever that two goalies are coming back. You asked him the question, and the whole point was, well, you know, this is a different year next year. It's not a condensed schedule. And that just told me, like, this guy either doesn't want it to happen or he doesn't think it's going to happen. It doesn't matter either way. So last year we heard they tried to move him. No one was taking $7 million off the year he had. And depending on what the Golden Knights would have to eat in the salary, the numbers just didn't work. If he wins the Vesna and he's coming off this kind of year, but he's 36, tell me what you think in terms of if it hits the market and McPhee starts dealing with people, will people take the $7 million or would you still believe they'd say, you know what, we want him, but he's 36, so you're going to eat this much still? Well, I think the fact that there's one year on the deal versus last year when there was two, I think, changes the equation a little bit. Okay. I think depending on the team and the situation and their salary cap, you know, situation, I guess not to use the same word twice, you know, maybe you're able to eat most of it. Maybe you're able to take on the $7 million. Maybe you're willing to take it on for one last run. I. I'm just going to throw a team out there as an example, and this is not because I've heard anything or what, but if you're Carolina okay. and you've got Nadelkovich who played really well this season, you know, and, and played all right in the playoffs, but if you feel like maybe Marc-Andre Fleury can give you one more run until maybe Nadelkovich is ready or, you know, they can split some time, whatever it might be, you know, and I don't know Carolina's, salary cap situation, but that might be something, the type of team, type of environment where maybe Mark Hunter can come in and, and do it for one year. And there might be some other teams I, I have to look at it closer. I probably should be more prepared uh, as far as, you know, what's going on with Mark Hunter Fleury and what are the possibilities. I mean, here's the other one, too. That's always going to come up is Pittsburgh. And as long right. as Tristan Yari is there and Pittsburgh probably feels like there's room to upgrade, you know, for one year, would you take a shot at him if you're Brian Burke and, and Ron Hextall? You know, maybe if you can make the numbers work and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think there might be some suitors if that's the way Kelly McCurman wants to go. And, and I think the money works a little bit better this time around than it did when they were trying to do it in September and October. Is there any chance in your mind that he would come back and the other guy, Robin Leonard, would be the one who's gone? I mean, I guess there's always a chance. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, certainly, sure. and I asked this of Kevin McCrimmon, and, and he seemed to not really particularly like the question, but Bill Foley is on record and, and publicly, you know, has said he didn't want Marc-Andre Fleury traded, and he wants him there. Um, it puts Kelly McCrimmon in a, in a difficult spot. Marc-Andre Fleury has said, I want to stay here. I want to, you know, end my career here if I can. So, you, you know, I mean, if there's, if there's an offer, I mean, if somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, we'll take number 90 for this, this, and this, and Kelly McCrimmon and Jordan McPhee go, well, can't pass that up. Right. You know, then, then yeah, I guess, I, I guess you can. I, I, what I would say to that is it would be a very short-term move in terms of you've got one year left of Marc-Andre Fleury on his contract, and there is not really anything goaltending-wise in the pipeline, you know, ready to take over. Logan Thompson 
seems to be the number three guy in the in the organization at this point, uh, overtaking you know obviously Oscar Mantle. He spent most of the year on the taxi squad. You know they've got Yuri Patera. Dylan Ferguson was in the ECHL. You know at some point they're going to have to inject something more into that system. You know you would imagine Isaiah Seville still in college. So you know there's not somebody waiting in the wings necessarily. If you take one more year of flurry, where you know they they signed Robin Leonard with you know, the idea of long-term in mind, five years, and, and he's got four left. So uh, that seems to just be where all the, the road signs are pointing is to keep Robin Leonard. But, you know, with this team, you never know. Uh, as you go into it in terms of the draft and, uh, you know, what they're looking for in free agency, is it very obvious it's center depth? Like, if you're running the team, give me your top three on the whiteboard that you're putting up there is we must do this if we don't want that to happen again. Well, I'll tease a story that I'm going to have out later this week because I was able to chat with Bill Foley okay. uh, and get and get his thoughts on it. And what I can say, you know, from him, speaking with him is that certainly offense and even more so, more specifically, is the power play mm-hmm. that that's going to be top of the list in terms of how they how they approach this and you know adding the offense and and things like that. But it has to be with upgrading the power play in mind. That that was definitely something that. I got the feeling from Bill Foley he was irked about. <laughs> I think the whole organization was was just bothered by watching it fail and drag down, you know, what was a really promising season. And like Pete DeBoer said, he felt like it wasn't a this year problem, that it was an issue when he came on board last year. It cost them in the bubble. They put, you know, new coaching eyes on it this year, and it still struggled, which sort of indicates to me that he also feels like it's a personnel issue and that right. there needs to be a personnel upgrade. So what I would say is that I think they're definitely looking at offense and definitely looking at the power play in mind. Now, whether that specifically is the center position, I, I think that's what they would like to do. I think that's where the biggest hole is. But maybe that's not where you know the best value is and, and where you can fill it. So looking at a guy like Alec Martinez, um, well, first of all, how what was your facial reaction to him being like, well, I have a broken foot. And uh, second, how important would be, would uh, bringing him be bringing him back be to the team? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say I was totally shocked because I feel like that was sort of the gut feeling everybody, you know, in the media core kind of had, you know, you could, I just don't know how many block shots he had. And then, you know, missing the couple games at the end of the season and not practicing. It was pretty obvious, you know, that he was, you know, if you watch him too, just the skating, he wasn't like really humping up and, and going. And, and I think a lot of us kind of had that suspicion. But just to, yeah, kind of hear him say, it, you really do, you know, you go back and you look at the block shots, and it was like at that point he had 20 more than anybody in the league. It's like, holy cow. Like now that you really realize why all the players call him Warrior and all that stuff, I mean, he really was throwing his body on the line to, to try to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, those are the types of guys you want. When you look at the team depth overall, just on the blue line, is you know they've got some players there, but you know you kind of build a defense core. You know a lot of times around three guys. You know it's sort of a triangle. You know when when Pete DeBoer was in San Jose, you know eh, it didn't really work all that great, but you know Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic. Like you look around the league, you know Sergachev, uh, McDonough, and uh, obviously Hedman in Tampa. Like a lot of it's sort of that three three-man combination that you need back there. And the Knights, you know, if you go away from Petrangelo, Theodore, and Martinez, there's not really that obvious kind of 
third guy that can eat up minutes and do a lot of the things that, you know, Martinez does. Maybe you're asking Nick Haig to take a step up in that way. Or maybe that's an area where, you know, they're also going to look to upgrade. I, I know when I spoke to uh, Alec Martinez, you know, a while ago toward the end of the regular season and his agent, you know, they hadn't heard anything from the Knights. Uh, that seemed to be the indication from Martinez after the season when we asked about, uh, about that as well. You know, that there just hasn't been talks yet. And he might have just priced himself, you know, out of, out of what the Knights can afford. I mean, they don't have a lot of cap space to circle back. Obviously, if they move one of the goalies, that'll open some things up. But, you know, if Alec Martinez gets term from somebody else at 34 years old and, you know, money that the Golden Knights can't afford, you know, it just might be a business decision more than, you know, a hockey decision. One question that came out of Bettman yesterday, Tampa Bay goes 5-1, Kucherov is Kucherov. Obviously, the issue with a lot of people is the cap, and, oh, you hit him, although the guy had hip injury, or hip surgery, so that's not like, you know, it's not a, a sprained uh, thumb. Um, I, I don't, you, you've talked about this, I know. I mean, my feeling is, you know what, it's the rule, then change the rule if you don't like it. They hit, you know, the, whatever, he comes back to playoffs, there's no salary cap to playoffs, stop whining about it. Uh, until you change it. So where do you stand on this in terms of people saying, well, look, they got $40 million over the cap, and look, they get the best player, and you know, of course they're going to win it? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they better win it, to be quite <laughs> honest. If, you, if your roster's that good and, and you know, you're able to manipulate it as well as they've been able to manipulate it. I mean, I think, hey, good on them. Like, if you've yeah. got a salary cap guy, as George McPhee says, I got a guy for that. You know, if they got a guy for that and he's that good at it and they said, you know, hey, Kucherov, look, take your time. You know, go get your surgery, rehab the, the heck out of that thing, don't rush back, you know, and, and we'll make it work without you until the playoffs. Well, you know, hey, good on that. I'll tell you what, you, you want to know something? And I, and I complimented the guy who asked this question. The one thing that came out of that Bettman conference that bothers me more than that salary cap issue was the way that Bill Daly just brushed off the notion of injury reports, and yes, revealing yes. lineups and starting yes. goaltenders. He, he, again, he just laughed it off, literally laughed it off, and said, you know, none of our sports betting partners have any interest or have put any pressure on that, to, you know, on us to do that. We don't have any interest in it, so we're going to continue on. And to me, that's just, you know, especially for us here in Vegas, to hear that and to, to hear the way that they dismissed that, to me, that's, that was what really jumped out from it, that. Real That's quick, here, real quick here. To me, I'm more surprised at the books. I'm not surprised at all that, that nut jobs in hockey don't want any injuries out. I'm surprised the books haven't said, "Wait a minute! If we're going to give you this sponsorship and this money, you're going to tell us at least if Alec Martinez has a lower body injury and what that might be." Yeah, yeah, it is. It is on them. You know, at some point with all this, that they're going to want the information and you know put the information out there and invest their money, you know, in the sponsorship stuff. There has to be a give and take, and if that's something you know, that they feel like they need them, they have to be the ones to put the pressure on them and start the conversation. You know, there's been people in the media, I think there's been people, you know, even in the sports betting community that have tried to start this conversation. And every time they seem to do it, it just gets shut down. And until, you know, the people that are actually putting the money and have their name on these sponsorship deals want something changed, I, it, clearly Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, and the rest of the NHL have no appetite to change it. Follow him on Twitter at David Chain LBRJ. If you're not following or reading, you're making a mistake. Best beat writer covering the Golden Knights. I will not talk to you, obviously, until after the Dynasty draft. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Jerry, <laughs> keep up with that football. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> See you. Dave Shane, incredible job covering the Vegas Golden Knights. When we come back, it's Prop Swap. 
we're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Waiting for Luke Bergandy at PropSwap. I want to ask him about the Canadians. Like, what tickets have done for the Canadians throughout the NHL playoffs? Uh, and uh, Mr. Justice, has, I know, has an NBA question. Here we go on Prop Swap. Luke Bergdandy. How are you, Luke? Hey, guys. Good. Good. How are you? Good. Take me through kind of what the tickets have been like as the Montreal Canadiens have made this run. Um, I mean, does last night people have people running to get rid of them uh, or hedge? Do do this the Vegas School Night Series before this one started? People buying them. Like, what have the Canadians been like for you guys as they have had this kind of amazing run? Yeah. So um, when they were down three to one to the Leafs, we sold a forty-five dollar ticket at two hundred and twenty <laughs> to one odds. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right now, now that you know they've obviously lost game one, that ticket is worth about two thousand um, dollars. If he would have sold before they lost game one, that would sell for about thirty eight hundred. So he still has it. Uh, obviously, not the start that you want. They looked formidable, did the Canadians right. in right. game one, but uh, you know I think the Lightning kind of imposed their will with that Kucherov snipe. That is just. You know, that's that's just the lightning. Their offense is just, uh, you know, a blitz. So he's it's still alive, is that Canadian ticket. But we sold tons of others. You know, people were buying. We sold another uh, $80 ticket when they were down 3-1 to one to the Leafs, and he flipped that for $1,800. $1,800? $80 into $1,800. Um, when they, right when they beat the Golden Knights, he flipped that. A lot of people lose money on the Golden Knights. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, we get asked all the time, like, I want to sell my ticket, but I don't know when to sell it. And, mm-hmm. you know, for the Golden Knights, my answer was, look, like, when they when they were in control of the Canadian series, their odds to win the Stanley Cup were, like, plus 120. I mean, it's and just... And it's just, like, if, if you can sell at such a high number like that, um, you just got to look at taking some profit. And, again, like, when you sell with us, I'm not necessarily saying take this all the money we're paying you and be done. Like go make a new bet on the night. Exactly. Right? So at least you can still kind of celebrate and, and root with your team. Like I get it. Like I used to live in Vegas and had many friends that live there. It's it's tough to you get married to these tickets. And, you know, they wanna sell them they you know, they don't want to sell them because they become so married to it. I'm like, look, like take some money off the table, sell it with us, and then go make a brand new wager on the night so that if they do end up winning this thing, you're still happy. There you go. Thanks, Luke. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Bye. There you go. Luke from PropSwap. Get on there and uh, get your tickets sold. When we come back, it's Remix with some NBA.